So the big institutionals out there, the gray stars, the Avalon days of the world, they have good property management software already, you know, like Yardi, Appfolio are good products and we're not trying to compete with them. But the smaller end of the market, so the independent landlords, those uh, services don't necessarily work for them. They're potentially not able or willing to pay for them. So we provide a free alternative uh, for that property management that is attractive to the independent landlord. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. What's going on, investors? And welcome to episode 245 of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Ian Cameron on the show. Ian is a lead of operations and strategy at Azebo, a startup company based in the Silicon Valley that provides free online rent collection and financial services for independent landlords. In this episode, Ian will share his journey of being in the military for eight years, getting into real estate investing, and then working in a startup that helps landlords and investors like himself. He'll explain how Azebo works and how it's helping small landlords manage their operations with their free tools, making their lives easier. So if you're a landlord and you want a free alternative to help you manage your properties, then you definitely need to listen to this episode. By the way, if you're an active real estate investor, then you need to have a solid lender on your team. If you're looking for a hard money loan, I can help. We do hard money loans nationwide at great rates and we can close as quickly as 10 to 14 days. So if you're looking for a hard money loan, you can reach me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Let me know that you're a podcast listener and I'll give you a discount on our processing fees. And now onto the show. Ian, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do. Yeah, so I am originally from Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, I spent eight years in the Marine Corps and now I lead strategy uh, operations and partnerships at a small company called Zebo. We are a startup here in Silicon Valley uh, that provides financial services for independent landlords. I'm um, also a real estate investor myself. I have you know, a small portfolio of single family rentals in Rochester, Minnesota, where I grew up. I invest with my mother. Uh, she helps me manage the properties. And so I am our target customer as well. Perfect. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, going from military to real estate investor to you know creating your own startup company. How did that whole thing play out? So basically the story is, you know, just was on the military track. My mom had been you know, small time, again, she's also a small time landlord, landlord, real estate agent, property manager. She's been doing that in our hometown. So it's something I, you know, kind of grew up with, you know, she's been doing it, you know, just a, a few, a handful of properties, but something I was always exposed to. Uh, so was doing my military career and, um, you know, was interested in, in learning more about re- real estate. So I just bought my first rental property, liked having somebody else pay my mortgage and kept buying. And so, uh, we've done that, and it's been something that I've been able to do in conjunction with, you know, a, a normal W-2 income type career. And so, when I was getting out of the military uh, about two years ago, uh, knew I wanted to be in tech, um, and met the founder of Zebo, Chris Shu, who's also a military guy. He graduated from West Point, so he's an army guy. We don't hold it against him, uh, but he told me about the the company. He told me about Zebo, what they were building. Um, I said, I need that for my portfolio. So it immediately interested me and was in, at the time a very early stage company. And, and um, I, I wanted to 
help them grow and build that product. So it's been a lot of fun building a product um, for my own use. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily the engineer, but but being a part of that process uh, has been a ton of fun. Yeah, uh, I can totally relate to that because I do work at Conventus now. Before I worked there, I was a customer, right? Like I understood what uh, you know an investor would want from like a hard money lending company. So now as that role, I know how to better serve these type of people. So you're in a very similar position where you wanted a product like Zebo. So now working there, you know what to give to other investors. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And not only that, in terms of just like product strategy and what we're building, you know, a lot of it has been, you know, well, this is what I would like. Uh, and, you know, obviously we're, we're taking a sample size larger than one, but that's been fun to have that as part of the input as well. So while we're on the subject of Zebo, can you go ahead and just tell us what Zebo is and like why your founder decided to create this company? Yeah, absolutely. So Zebo is a financial services platform for independent landlords. We provide a free online rent collection, uh, the first FDIC insured bank account designed specifically for landlords, and some light um, kind of accounting on top of that. We like some expense management software on top of that. So the expense management, you can, if you're familiar with Stessa, you can think of it something like that. Uh, the rent collection, if you're familiar with with Cozy, it's kind of similar to that. And then add this bank account into it as well, which which is which is kind of a new thing. And we give that all away for free. And it's basically allows landlords to manage their finances in one place. And then from there, we're able to offer landlords a host of financial services because they do business with us. And, and right now we're really focused on insurance and, and, and lending. That's what Zebo does. So can you kind of explain who your target customer is? It's interesting. So now it's, it's on the smaller end of the market. So it's independent landlords. Uh, why is that? So the big institutionals out there, the gray stars, the Avalon days of the world, they have good property management software already, you know, like, you know, or Yardy, Appfolio are good products and we're not trying to compete with them. Uh, but the smaller end of the market, so the independent landlords, those uh, services don't necessarily work for them. They're potentially not able or willing to pay for them. So we provide a free alternative uh, for that property management um, that is attractive to the that kind of the, the independent landlord. So probably someone that has, what, under 20 units under the portfolio? Yeah, that's, the, and, and Sean, that's what we thought, that it was going to be like one to 20 units. Um, and that's still the case. We definitely, that, that's like a bulk of our customers definitely is, is one to 20 units somewhere in there. Uh, but it's been surprising that we, you know, get these folks every now and then like, oh, 100, 200. I think our largest customer has 1,800 units. This free value prop that we're offering with our core product, uh, we thought that it was going to be a pretty small customer that that was going to be primarily attractive to. And that's true, but we've been surprised at how many uh, larger landlords are also attracted to that as well. And I think that's also just we've a, a product of the fact that we've built a really great product. And so, yes, we're able to offer it for free, but at the end of the day, it's it's a good product and it works for larger landlords as well. So from my experience, you know, my dad is a property manager here in the Bay Area. I try to help him out to kind of bring him into that 21st century by making his, you know, paper and pencil stuff into a software like Buildium. Um, so I understand, you know, with rent management software, obviously there's automated rent control. There's like a bank statement or bank account for you guys. And I guess places to request like maintenance. Is that something that you guys are offering? Is that something similar in that realm? Yeah, so we we uh, are really focused on the on the financial services piece of it. 
Um, and so we don't like, we don't get into any of the really nitty gritty operational stuff. So if you need to fix a toilet, like you're still going to be working with, you know, a handyman. However, we've built out a best in class network of partners to provide everything that, that we don't. So we're really focused on the financial services part of it, rent collection, like just being able to manage your expenses and see who's paid you, who hasn't, where expenses are going, prep your, your taxes at the end of the year. Um, and then also be able to integrate your banking, insurance, and, and and lending all in one place. So, so how do we compare to a Buildium? That's a, that's a good question. I'd say very similar software to Buildium. Uh, it's just free. Um, some of the um, functionality around managing maintenance requests, for example, not something we're focused on right now. We're really focused more on, on the financial side of it. Gotcha. And so you're mentioning also in the green room that you're giving all these things away for free, um, but you do have like a backend model to generate income for your company. Can you kind of explain how that works? So, so there are some revenue streams within like the free offering that we're putting out there. So we don't charge a subscription service. Unlike, you know, most folks in the space, Buildium, for example, it's a good product, but they you know charge a subscription uh, fee for that. We don't. Uh, so we're able to, how do we, how do we monetize is like, we take a small percentage on credit card uh, fees that are being paid. Uh, there's like a small percentage on some of the deposits that are being kept in the bank account. So we provide 3.75 times the national average interest rate going to our customer and still able to generate a little bit of income for ourselves. But really where the margins are for us is on, on some of the other financial services products, so specifically loans and insurance. And so by offering this free core rent collection product and this property management um, software, we build a relationship with the customer. We're also able to use that data that's coming in to underwrite loans and insurance and, and offer a better product to the customer. So that's really uh, where the margins are. And that's really where we make our money. Um, and therefore, we're able to, to offer kind of a free offering in this core property management system that, that really nobody else has been able to, to figure out yet. So basically, when you have a customer who's using your software, like you've already built that trust. And so when they need a new loan or they need a new insurance policy, you know, instead of just going to some random broker, they can just go to you guys and you already have contacts and you can give them good loans and good insurance. That's right. Yep. So, so that's twofold though. One is the trust factor that you mentioned trust and I'd also call it convenience. You're already doing everything in one place. But then the second piece of it is that because we have, we see that you're collecting rent on the platform, you have a bank account with us that we're able to use that information to underwrite new products. So for example, we have a rent advanced product that we're able to offer to our customers who have been with us a long time. Based on the data that we have on our platform, we're able to give them a rent advance. And that's something that nobody else, that's data that nobody else has access to. And we're able to provide that exclusively to our customers. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's trust and convenience of just having established that relationship, but also it's having that data and being able to use that data in new ways. Wow. Um, I actually never thought that you could use that information. So that's pretty cool. Um, so why don't you tell me a little about your, your founder, I guess, like what was his experience with real estate and why he decided to create this product? Yeah, so his, his experience was kind of similar to mine, actually. So he, he, uh, he graduated from West Point. Uh, he was uh, an army officer and, and he started investing in real estate um, as soon as he got out of the, the military. And he realized, I mean, you don't make a ton of money um, in the military. So he, he, he started investing in, in real estate as, as basically a, a path toward uh, wealth creation. And he embarked in a career and he was in consulting, private equity. He ended up 
becoming the chief operating officer at Hewlett Packard Enterprise, uh, chief executive office officer at a uh, global enterprise software company um, as well. So he was having that career at the whole time. And at the same time, doing the same thing that you and I, and I think a lot of the listeners of this podcast are investing in real estate on the side. So he experienced that, you know, this kind of being the independent landlord and the minimal tools available to you. Um, and so he wanted to create something that that allowed folks to to manage their properties better, folks like him. But he also had uh, insight into kind of some of the larger players out there and the access that they have to uh, better loan and insurance products. And he thought he could bring the access to those kind of financial services products to the everyday landlord. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he had a pretty extensive career, right? He was already CEO of one company, CEO of another company. And then I guess he had the guts to create his own after uh, a couple of years working for someone else, right? Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was, yeah, he was the chief operating officer at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. He spun out their enterprise software division and merged that with a publicly traded company called Microfocus. And he was the CEO of that company. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he kind of had the full career path. Uh, he, you know, he's not necessarily a, a super young guy. He's had, you know, kind of the full career. And now he's he started this company uh, to kind of deliver something in the marketplace that he had experienced just as an independent investor on his own. And so how long has this company been, I guess, around for? So twenty late 2018, uh, I think, is, is when the company formed. So we've really been, uh, I've been with the company for two years and, and the company's been around for about three years. So we've been in market since August of 2020 is, is really when we, when we came to market with, with our product. And, and it's been uh, pretty quick growth ever since August. And so how did you get connected with him if the product didn't even exist yet? Uh, we met through a, a couple of mutual connections through through some of the military folks, some of the veterans in in Silicon Valley. So there's not a there's not a ton of former military officers in tech, and so those that do exist kind of kind of all know each other. So so some other Naval Academy graduates had worked for him as his chief of staff at Hewlett Packard, and then at Microfocus, and and I got connected to them. Oh, very cool. And so since starting with them, you know, it's been two years for you, three years for the company. What are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced so far? Oh, um, so I can tell you that any company that's dealing with payments, that's dealing with financial services, fraud is absolutely a challenge that any fintech company has to has to overcome. So, um, you know, I do a lot with our with our operations team and, and our customer support team, and we're always on the lookout for, for fraudsters. There's a lot of processes that we've been put in place, but every single financial services company is is dealing with that. So that's definitely been a challenge. Like that wasn't, that was something that we knew was going to be a challenge. It's not a, an if, but when not necessarily something that we were surprised by, but definitely a challenge that um, we've had to overcome. And it's not something that ever goes away. So it's kind of something that we're continually on guard for. So I guess in this case, is someone writing like a fake check to a landlord and is that considered fraud or is there something else going on that? Yeah, yeah. There's ways uh, to essentially manipulate ACH payments and these fraudsters got the, the playbook down. And so they, they come in with, you know, assumed identities. They'll try to pass. Everybody has kind of some, some systems in place to, to weed them out. But if you're able to kind of get around those, you can kind of manipulate the ACH system and, and come away with, with some cash. We've done a pretty good job of, of ferreting that, that out. Uh, but it's something that you kind of always got to be on guard for. There's definitely an operational piece of that that's always present for any company that's that's handling payments. 
And what are you guys doing to generate more growth for uh, to get more clients for your, for your platform? Yeah. So, I mean, one thing that's really important for us is is channel partnerships. So, and that's been a lot of fun for me, Sean, when you and I met, that's that's part of the reason why I was at the IMN conference was to, to meet other folks in the space. Um, one, wanted to talk to investors like yourself and, and, and tell them about Zebo. Uh, but secondly, like all the other great vendors there. So Conventus is is a great partner of ours. Uh, you know, when folks are you know, working with Conventus on a loan and they don't have insurance, uh, Conventus sends them over to Zebo and knows that Zebo can get them get them set up with insurance quickly. And, and we do. So so that's a great partnership that we have. And other folks in the fintech and, and prop tech space uh, who are serving our same target customer just in different ways. It's been a great two-way partnership. We are able to refer some of our folks over to them for, for services that they provide and, and vice versa. So it's a value add, you know, when we're able to, our tenants, uh, for example, on the Zebo platform, they're able to build credit um, by paying on the Zebo platform by using one of our partners, Asusu. Uh, we don't do tenant screening. We do that. So we've partnered with Rent Prep and TransUnion to offer tenant screening services to our landlords. Um, and so likewise, some of our partners, if they're offering a service, but their customers are looking for free online rent collection, loans, insurance, a bank account, they send them over to us. So that's been that's been a really, really important aspect of, of how we're getting out and reaching customers. Got it. So mostly like networking, right? In-person networking with other vendors, uh, possibly even going on platforms like this one to like spread the message that this platform exists um, to get people to check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's the partnerships. It's 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 adding value to kind of what other folks are already doing uh, is, is saying, hey, Zebo, Zebo can offer something a little bit different. And so they're happy to send their customers over to us and, and vice versa, if we're able to offer some kind of complimentary service. Yeah, nice. Um, so I guess we transition a little bit from Zebo into your own investing career. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, I guess you said your mom was kind of starting back when, since you were you know, younger, but like what kind of got you into it personally? Like, did you like partner with her right away or did you use your VA loan or what happened there? actually only just used my so one thing about the VA loan is it needs to be your primary residence and so I hadn't didn't have a primary I just bought a place here in San Francisco a few months ago so that's the first time um, I've had you know a, a, my own primary residence so I used the VA loan for that but everything before that was strictly you know rental properties and intended for that purpose and all in my hometown of Rochester Minnesota so um, you know I, I guess I was always interested in real estate um, so you know, my mother kind of showed me a couple of properties that she thought were good. Um, so, you know, she kind of encouraged me to invest. I did uh, quickly kind of, you know, through experience, I started to learn kind of the economics of how how real estate can really be a powerful wealth generation vehicle. And that got me excited pretty quickly. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, after kind of seeing it work for one property, uh, pretty quickly started uh, just trying to buy more uh, as, as kind of capacity allowed and working you know, in kind of a, as an employee, you know, getting that W-2 income uh, has been kind of a part of it the entire time. So simultaneously pursuing a career first in the military and now in tech, and then leveraging that, that W-2 income to buy real estate at the same time, it's kind of been the formula for me. Have you been finding most of these deals just on the market or do you have like an off market? We do almost exclusively MLS listings actually. So I think off market deals are great. Um, we just don't have that pipeline built, but what we are really good at is we know our market better than anybody and not just our market, but the very specific type of property. So we have really good criteria for what we're looking for. 
um, and we just know the housing stock in our in our market really really well. So if it's a three bed, two bath, built between 1950 and 1980 within three miles of the city core in Rochester, Minnesota, like we know exactly what that property is. We don't even need to go see it. And so we have like a, just a, a really intimate understanding of what the housing stock looks like. And therefore, we're able to act quickly on anything that pops up on the market and make, make strong offers just because we, we just have a high degree of confidence from our hyper local knowledge of, of that market and that particular housing stock. What does a typical deal look like for you guys? Uh, single family home. So single family home, three bed, two bath. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of appreciation recently, so that'll probably go for 230 probably where they're at right now. Um, you know, maybe 1500 square feet is what we're looking at right now. And then, and then we're able to rent it out for, you know, something like that, something like 1700 a month. Are you guys financing it with just conventional financing, like 20% down and then 80% in the loan? Yep. Conventional financing, 20% down 30 year fixed. Okay. So that's, that's been everything up to this point. We're start, I'm starting to put together, working with a couple of partners on some, on some larger deals. But up to this point, it's been strictly single family, you know, maybe, you know, throw a duplex or a, a try, maybe a quad. I don't even think we have a quad duplex try in there, but almost exclusively single family. And I know you're like focusing really hard on this one market because that's where you're from. Have you ever considered somewhere else in the United States? I have. I was state or not stationed, but I, I did some, I had two months of training in Fort Benning. <laughs> Georgia. Um, and so I was, uh, you know, had some extra time. So I, I uh, was looking at the Birmingham market pretty closely. Obviously, you know, I bought a primary residence here in San Francisco. And I'm not interested in investing here, um, like for rental properties. So yeah, I mean, I've definitely looked at some of the other markets. And I think there's awesome markets out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm by no means am I saying Rochester, Minnesota is is the market that people should be in. And in fact, I think there's probably better markets. But for me, I just have confidence like I have confidence in, in, in that market. Um, and I feel like it's something that I know and I have confidence in that, that not everybody does. Um, so it works for me and I know the players, um, they, they know what's going on. I, I like being in that ecosystem and having long, the long-term relationships is really important, important for me. So moving forward, I am interested in different real estate asset classes. You now I'm interested in multifamily. I'm, I'm, I'm even interested in some, in some commercial, but I think I'll stay pretty local to Rochester, Minnesota. You know, might branch out from there within you know the upper Midwest. But I, I really like being focused on a single geography. Um, so when you say getting into multifamily, does that mean you might get into syndication sometime in the future? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm underwriting. I mean, I'm actively underwriting deals right now. Uh, you know, market's tough. So, <laughs> um, but uh, actively underwriting deals, and if the right one comes along. Um, you know, either either a joint venture, a couple of partners, or or some kind of syndication. Like we'll we'll figure out the funding mechanism on the back end. The deal is what's more important. You can figure out a way to to structure the ownership um, that that makes sense. So out there underwriting deals, and and again, like I have pretty pretty specific geography. So the number of properties that come up that fit my criteria are, are pretty few, but all of them that do pop up, we're we're underwriting pretty seriously and and putting the partners together to to make it happen when the right one comes along. You know, I, I was thinking about syndication back in 2018. That's when I started listening to a lot of these like podcasts about multifamily, like apartment building. Yeah. Everyone's talking about how great it is because, you know, you can increase the value by increasing the NOI because it's a function of the NOI and cap rate and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it sounds like a really solid deal. 
But then I feel like because of all these like podcasts and books that came out around that time, multifamily has just gone up in price like crazy because like, everyone believes that too. Like, oh, wow, uh, multifamily is a place to be. You can buy a property. It's like recession resistant, um, it increases in price. Um, but then I look at the numbers. I'm like, man, it's a lot of work. You raise other people's money and then you get 20% of the net uh, because of the syndication model. So, I mean, I, that's why I don't know. I, I never felt comfortable like taking the people's money to do syndications. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was thinking, I don't know. Well, I mean, so the syndicate, I mean, the kind of the forced appreciation play, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's been, strategy has been played pretty hard in the last five years. Um, not to say that there aren't plenty of plays out there to, to be had. Uh, it's, it's definitely riskier. But for me, uh, you know, kind of the strategy that I'm pursuing is I believe in my market um, and I believe in my market long term. So I want to hold assets in that market in any way that I can. So um, my exit strategy is really not having an exit strategy. It's just buy and hold forever. Um, and so, you know, c- could I put a syndication together? Maybe, you know, it kind of depends on the, on the partners. So that's why I'm probably looking more at, at like joint venture um, with other folks who, who are, you know, comfortable, also think like me, believe in that market, know that market and are comfortable leaving their money in that, in that partnership for a very long time. So that multifamily property would be in Minnesota, same market as you're in right now? That's right. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're underwriting deals. I mean, actively underwriting. Uh, I mean, we put in an offer not last week, but the week before. You know, it wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, we're underwriting two deals right now. Uh, we'll we'll see if we we make an offer. But yeah, we're we're actively underwriting and and, and making offers. Um, you know, but it's a it's a tough market right now, and we're not going to jump outside what what we think makes sense for for a long term strategy. Yeah. So are you just making like broker contacts? And just having them be on your like buy, on their buyers list, so when they have something, they send them your way. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And and again, you know, just open market loop net. You know, so it's just the loop net alerts. So yeah, you never know. Sometimes loop net has some good stuff. It yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And and also some of the other investors in town. So you know, starting to reach out and putting together, you know, not not any kind of formal partnership, but hey, I know that you and I think similarly about real estate, like if the right deal came up in the future, we might want to work together. You know, we share information as well. So how often do you go back? Uh, twice a year. So, uh, <laughs> so something I learned. So Minnesota, as most people know, is, is frigid cold in the winter. Uh, but the other thing about Minnesota that some people are surprised to learn is it's also really hot in the summer. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I used to go home kind of the holiday season. Um, and more recently I've avoided, you know, November and December and instead try like uh, September, October and then try to do one in the spring. So I usually get home about twice a year um, and I try to time it with the, uh, you know, the four or five months of Minnesota that are truly b- beautiful. You know, September, October, May are, are great months. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I feel the same way for Taiwan. Like I used to go during the summers for summer vacation and it's yeah. like so hot. It's just not even worth going. So I don't go there anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, are you, are you self-managing these properties or do you have like a dedicated property manager who are taking care of all your properties over Minnesota? So my mom manages all of them currently. Um, and for some of the bigger deals that we're working on, we have, you know, we've already identified who the best property manager in town is. So, uh, my mom does every, everything that I currently own and I've got the property manager lined up for, 
you know, maybe a bigger project that my mom wouldn't necessarily want to manage uh, in the future. So I use I use full service property management. Um, there, that said, my mom we do the rent collection piece on Zebo. So what's what's interesting about Zebo? Uh, it's true for me and it's true for our customers. Is there's folks who use Zebo to fully self manage, and that's awesome. And and you can combine Zebo with you know kind of some other services. You know, Mind is a partner of ours uh, that you can kind of uh, add to that, and you can use the financial services piece of Zebo. Uh, so there's people who self service. There's people who have full service property managers. And then there's people like me who have what we call, uh, what I like to call an informal property manager. And I guess my mom maybe kind of, it kind of fits that bill. She doesn't have like a full company. She doesn't have employees. You know, it's, it's just her. She's a real estate agent. She manages her properties, my properties, a few other clients. Um, and so it's not like a, a, a large formal real estate property management company. It's kind of more based on some informal relationships. Um, those are really great customers for Zebo, where they're able to handle some of the on the ground stuff, but then leverage the power of having free automated online rent collection and visibility for their, their owner into that and some of the expense management tools. So the way I use Zebo, I think is, is kind of interesting hybrid model of how I think a lot of independent uh, landlords out there uh, might use a tech tool like Zebo in conduct in conjunction with traditional property management. So how many units would you say your mom is managing currently? She's probably managing 30, something like that. That's pretty good. I mean, my dad does it here too. I think he's like 40 or 50 units, um, but he's doing it the old school way, right? Where everything yeah. is like either typed out on Excel spreadsheet or he's doing it by hand. And that leads for many like accounting blunders that could be had. I think he even like fronts a lot of money for his clients up front. And then yeah. rest the money back at the end of the year. So if his books aren't done right or something happens to him, God forbid, before the end of the yeah. year, then we're going to be out like possibly $100,000 because all that money has been fronted um, for his clients. The, the finances are the biggest challenge for us too. And I think that's true for a lot of smaller landlords and property managers. Uh, so that's something that Zebo helps with. like Just like by collecting rent online, this solved a very basic problem for us. Something that we used to struggle with was like, who's paid us? <laughs> Just keeping track of that was a challenge for us. Um, and so Zebo is able to deliver on that. And then having some of the, being able to link your bank accounts and categorize transactions based on Schedule E helps us really accelerate our tax prep at the end of the year as well. So uh, it's definitely not, you know, we still, that's still a huge challenge for us just as like a small landlord and property manager working together. Zebo's helped us with that, but it's still a big challenge for us, no doubt. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen my dad drive to several different banks to deposit different bank checks. I'm like, why isn't everything just done online? You know, we're in yeah. Silicon Valley. People have bank accounts. Um, they can easily connect it and make automatic rent payments. So you don't have to drive to every home and collect rents either. Yeah, absolutely. And your dad is an, you know, part of the 98% of landlords who don't use any kind of online rent collection method. You know, 98% of landlords are using traditional methods of collecting rent. By the way, Zebo is not the only one offering a rent collection platform out there. You know, I think we mentioned Cozy earlier. There's other ones that, by the way, are good products. Avail is another good product out there. Um, investors, you know, will, you know, will be like, oh, what about this company? What about this competition? 
And at the end of the day, you know, we're not really concerned about the 2% of the market that's already captured by some of these other players out there. Uh, we're more concerned about going after that 98% that aren't using tools uh, to make them more efficient. So, yeah, absolutely. So Ian, uh, I guess what's next for you and I guess what's next for Zebo? I guess for, for Zebo, it is really building out our, our mortgage and insurance capabilities. And so we're, we're delivering on that to customers right now. We've got a great partnership with, with, with Coventus, uh, but we're really going to scale that. So we've, we've found, we've built a product that, that people want. It's bringing people in the door. We've figured out that we're able to provide them value add financial services products and, and make money off of it. And so now it's a, it's a question of scale and really blowing that out in the next 12 to 24 months. And, and so for me, it's just being a part of that and, and bringing my operational background uh, from the military and being able to apply that here at Zebo to really to, to add scale and structure to our operations. So basically Zebo wants to be like the ultimate brokerage, right? You're the one-stop shop for insurance and lending. That's right. One-stop shop for financial services for independent landlords. That's right. Okay. Very cool. And how about for yourself? What are some of the you know next big steps for you? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so it's the same real estate side hustle. You know, I, I, I plan to continue the, the tech career, but, um, you know, always interested in investing. I'm going to stay in Rochester, Minnesota or, or Minnesota, you know, the upper Midwest, certainly. And, um, you know, just as deals come along, take them and interested in, in maybe a little bit larger acquisition price and putting together some some partners. So just working on that and and kind of expanding that circle of competence to be able to take advantage of, of the best deals as they come along. Cool. Uh, do you have any last tips for our listeners before we finish up our show today? I guess the only tip I have, and this is more for uh, anybody who has uh, is interested in investing in real estate, but has not yet done so. Uh, and my only advice is just, just do it. Just get your first deal done. Um, doesn't have to be a home run. Just try not to lose a ton of money on the first one. If you make no money, that's still a great first investment because you learn so much uh, by just doing the first deal. And the best way to learn about real estate investing is just by doing it. So uh, the only piece of advice I have to anybody who hasn't, uh, who's interested but hasn't started is just get the first deal done. Try not to lose a ton of money. Don't worry about making a ton of money. Learn and then, um, you know, capitalize on, on those lessons learned uh, in the next deal. Awesome. And uh, Ian, where can people find out more about you? LinkedIn. So that's probably where I'm most active, actually, kind of lame, but I wish I had a cool Twitter presence or anything. But uh, honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is, is LinkedIn. So you can find me, Ian Cameron, uh, on LinkedIn. And then do you want to spell out your company name so that people can actually type them out? Yeah. So our company is Zebo. Z-I-B-O. I got a little, some company swag here that's uh, backwards on this camera, but Z-I-B-O is uh, zebo.co is, is where you can find us. Perfect. And, and if you want to email me, I'm ianian at zebo.co. So if anyone wants, or if anyone is like a landlord, or I mean, this works for house hacking too, right? If they're house hacking, they want to collect rents from their tenants. Or, or Absolutely, renters. yeah. Anything, so yeah, if you, anything that's like a recurring monthly payment, Zebo is a great way to do that. We got, we got folks who are, um, we got like commercial landlords on here. We got like students, splitting up rent. Yeah, you can set that up. But we even have like a, a hair salon who rents out the chairs in the hair salon to the stylists on a monthly basis. 
who are collecting rent on you know salon chairs via Zebo. So yeah, cool. you can get pretty creative with it. Any kind of recurring monthly rent, it's a great solution. Yeah. So anywhere where you're pitching in money together and you want to collect money, even I guess even for a phone bill, right? Like I, I pay my friend thirty bucks a month because I'm on his T-Mobile family plan, right? I give him thirty bucks a month, but he could technically use Zebo for this too. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, there's no reason why you couldn't do that. So hey, I mean, in this day and age, people are sharing their Hulu accounts, Netflix accounts. You know, why <laughs> that's not? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Very cool. So check it out, zebo.co. Uh, Ian, thank you again so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And for again, anyone who's listening, check out zebo.co. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group, where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was a great episode, let me know what your key takeaway was and share it with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It will only take a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day.